everyone talks about their favorite Independence Days, and they're not the ones you'd expect. Things get pretty dark, and we talk about everything from rice madness to weather stealing in our brand new segment, all on our special July 4th edition of the Stage to Stage Stooges podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another podcast from the Sagely Stage Stooges. My name is Steven. I'm joined, as always, by Grady. Hello, hello. Joshua. Hello. And Christopher. Why did I go last? Well, I was going to give you some, like, great, like, adjective before your name, but I couldn't think of one fast enough. Great is a good adjective. The great Chris. It just makes me sound like a magician. <laughs> well, what's wrong with that? You hate magicians The or great something? Christopher! Leave magicians alone. And leave Brittany alone. Good start. So, today, <sighs> it is July 4th. Not when you're hearing this, Whoop, no. but when we're recording it. Mm-hmm. So, happy Independence Day. We're going to talk about Independence Days. From work. <laughs> and just, uh, in general, being independent of other things as well. Yeah, like oppression, and or not. Like and failure. C- contact with the outside yeah. world. Alcoholism? Nah. No, trust me, I'm talking about Ireland. There will be alcoholism. Yeah, but there's no independence from it. There, there's no so. independence from it. Yeah, you know, you just do that. <laughs> you just, you're a slave you to do. that forever. We're going to uh, change this to the Dependence Day podcast. <laughs> I'll save that one. I'll put this in the background. <laughs> Dependence Day. <laughs> uh, all right, so who wants to go first? I can. All right, Grady, go first. All right, so is everyone... No one knows. As no one knows, um, I'm half Mexican, so I'm going to do the Mexican independence. You're half Mexican? Yeah, no one knows that. Yeah, no one It was a secret yeah. hitherto. No one will remember it either. Um, it's a secret to I'm everyone. Sure of that. So I'm going to talk about Mexican Independence Day, which everyone knows is on Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, of course. I thought it was Cinco de Cuatro. Yeah, well, it's totally not even Cinco de Mayo. That's like some minor battle. Um, it's like not celebrated in Mexico. They don't give a shit about it. Um, nice. Unless you live in that state. Okay, it's like uh, the Battle of the Alamo for the rest of America. Um, Texas cares about it, but nobody else does. Yeah, but they should. Well, if we care, maybe they should. You know, and and Mexican Americans in the in in the United States totally care about it. But that's not Independence Day for Mexico. Their Independence Day is actually on the sixteenth of September. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's when the cry of Dolores happened. The Grito de Dolores. Um, it's like a Mexican Grito. Name. Yeah, this this Mexican priest got out there and yelled. Uh, and his name ah! was Dolores? <laughs> he, like, stubbed his toe. Stubbed his toe? Oh, you beat me to it, you piece of shit. Oh, you ripped the joke right out from under me. Why don't we name our priest Dolores anymore? That's all I want to know. It's important. Well, his name wasn't even Dolores. That was the town um, oh, okay. that he shouted uh, in. <laughs> church in Dolores, Hidalgo. <laughs> he was known for it, just walking through town shouting. Dude, he got the short end of the stick then. So, like, this guy, mm-hmm. he he goes out and he's, like, known for, like, this thing. And then it doesn't even get named after him. It gets named out of the place that he happened to be in when he did it. Well, he was well, always he shouting, shouting about one thing or That's another. That's true. Yeah, it's called the Grito. De- well, but they remember him. Like, he's he's very well known in Mexican history. Uh, Father Miguel Hidalgo y Costilla. Just Father Hidalgo is his, like, short. It's not really his nickname. He had a nickname, El Zorro. 
Um, okay, that's cool. The Fox. Oh, sweet. Uh, that his reputation for cleverness. Did However, he? I think it was also uh, due to his um, skill with the ladies. He played it very fast and loose for a priest. Nice. Um, did not follow his vow of chastity. <laughs> um, fathered several children with various women out of wedlock. Well, obviously out of wedlock, he was and a he priest. He was father to everyone. Uh, he enjoyed dancing and gambling. Um, so he was kind of a player. Uh, Wait, pre- priests can't dance? No, this priest. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm just he saying. was shitty at it, but he enjoyed it. Okay. So anyway, yeah, he he goes out there and gives this big speech, you know, and he's like, "Fucking the Spaniards suck. Um, they're always trying to oppress us. They steal your land. They're bullshit. And Let's they're, rebel. They're, they're always bullshit. trying to oppress us, you know. Yeah, we did not so, get them. We did not. So he he gives this big speech, and everybody's like in the town's like, "Fuck yeah!" And they follow him, and people start joining up, you know, and Mexico, he becomes the general in yeah. this rebellion army. Great, you sing that in Spanish. Mexico, chinga si. Yeah. That probably is not correct. Um, I'm only half, I don't claim. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's half, half correct. correct. Yeah. So, yeah, so he leads this big rebellion, and it fails spectacularly. Like, he's a shitty general because he's actually a priest. <laughs> so the, he could dance, but he couldn't lead armies. A screaming What priest. a bitch. It's hard to take orders from a screaming priest. It degrades into looting. Like, you need to head over to the- <laughs> The Spanish army defeats him, and then he is executed by firing squad and then decapitated after that. Like, really unnecessary. Yeah, his final words at his execution, he stated, Though I may die, I shall be remembered forever. You all will soon be forgotten. I was literally just reading that. That's a badass thing there, to say. Did, really he cool. s- did, he s- did his severed head say that? Well, it was in the I kind of figured his last words would have been, Please don't decapitate me, and they were just doing it to spite his body. <laughs> Screw <laughs> you, we're doing this. Well, they they um they put along with some other revolutionaries or whatever they put their heads on display on the four corners of oh Alhondiga de Granaditas. Yeah, there you go. Man, they put it in the food. they put it in the four corners of that place. I'm kind of sad that we used to do that kind of thing, and some people around the world still do that kind of thing. He- oh my goodness! Like, the why? head remained, guys. Come on. The head apparently his the the all four of those heads um they remained there for ten years until the end of the Mexican War of Independence. Wait, all four of his heads? No, the four heads of the four people. His head along with some other dudes. The four heads of the people? Why not all of the head? Why just the forehead? So what happened next, Grady? Uh, So he was dead. You know, various people took over the armies and lost and got executed until finally they, they succeeded and got their independence. And then so now, like, the Mexican president, like, what they do for their celebration, he goes out there and rings the bell, like the church bell of freaking the town. The worst. Father Hidalgo was from, and he, uh, like, shouts this little, it's called the Grito, and he, like, shouts this little, Viva Mexico, Viva Hidalgo, and Viva other people. He does this little, like, recitation. And people in the in the city square all, like, shout that back. So can, cool. can I go there and have a beer and shout at him? Back at him? All the yeah, I'm pretty sure not all of them are shouting nice things, because sometimes the presidents are very unpopular. That yeah. might change now, but... Yeah. <laughs> A- Amlo's gonna make it coming to a border wall near you. <laughs> uh, I do like this. In 1787, he was named treasurer of uh, whatever church, uh, vice rector and secretary, becoming dean of, I guess, the school. Authorities ousted him in 1792 for revising traditional teaching methods there, but also for, quote, irregular, irregular handling of some funds. Oh. <laughs> it's just irregular. They didn't say... <laughs> wasn't criminal. Just a little different. 
He's he's spending on something I necessarily wouldn't buy, but you know, good on him. Why are you holding that money that way? That's irregular. It's a regular way to pay for something. No, he was big into making. He was he was kind of a money grabber. He was probably stealing that money because like was he later a pussy on. Well, yeah, he he was you know he's a he was he was a, okay. he was a yeah, secular to support cleric. all his children. Stephen says he was a pussy grabber. There we go. He was a secular cleric, so he was not bound by the vow of poverty or many of his other vows. But so. he was bound in the bedroom, if you know what I mean. Business activities. Oh, so that's he owned, how he gets all the women. He, has he, owned, the he was just like I don't care. <laughs> he owned he owned three haciendas. Yeah, he's very very wealthy. Let's, let's move on. As any national okay. hero should be. All right, moving on. Um, so to go in a darker direction, I guess I'll go ahead and go. I wanted to talk about uh, Zimbabwe's independence because... Was that a racial thing, you piece of shit? <laughs> no. Darker direction? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, just because tens and tens of thousands of people died. So that's what I meant by darker. Steven, we can't really make jokes about that. I don't know why you're bringing this up. I can. Give me, give me something to work with here, baby. <laughs> no, the, I mean, the main reason... So, I mean, if you don't know about Zimbabwe's independence, mostly I'm just going to say go look it up because it is lengthy. Lengthy. Essentially, um, around, like, the 1960s, um, you know, freaking Britain was in control of, of everything. Zimbabwe, which at the time was was called Rhodesia. Those bastards. So, the the guy who was kind of in charge, uh, his name was Ian Smith, um, he just kind of decides one day that he's going to declare independence for Rhodesia. <laughs> There's no thought put into it. Just wakes up one day, hey, I'm gonna, we're gonna be independent now. I mean, almostly, yeah. I mean, like that's almost like, yeah, that's that's pretty close. Um, and tired of this know, like, shit. The thing, the thing that's funny that I find about this anyway is that like a lot of the articles that I was reading when I was going through all this are like, oh, finally, racial segregation was over. What? Well, no, because he only did it so that he could keep white minority power in the country. So that's when yeah. people really got pissed off, and so that's when a lot of... was there not going to be white minority power if they kept on being ruled? Well... Or he just wanted more white minority power than he Right, yeah, had. yeah. He wanted, you know, he wanted to be sort of, you know, unilaterally the prime minister. He basically asked Britain, like, hey, I want to be independent. And they were like, yeah, no. And he was like, okay, well, <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Ain't that just like them? <laughs> I guess it's, it's better to ask first, you know. Hey. Yeah, yeah. And so he was like, yeah. So he did the, you know, unilateral declaration of independence, which... If you could think of a British way to say I'm declaring independence, that's the way to do it. <laughs> we sure. do not like you anymore. I now declare unilaterally independence. I don't know, just read the Declaration of Independence. We were essentially British when we did it, right? The only other way to do that is like some sort of agreement. That unilaterally just means he, he did it on yeah, his own. I right? did it anyway, yeah. <laughs> so when he declares, he does the, the UDI, Unilateral Declaration of Independence, declares it under white minority rule, essentially, and then that's when people got really pissed off. And so then for like the next like 20 years, you've got you know guerrilla warfare and like four different um, organizations all vying for power because now there's like a giant sort of semi-vacuum because no one officially recognizes any particular government anymore. And yeah, anyway, it's just super bloody. And it's like, okay, yay, now in 1980, we get independence. Hooray. And then it turns into like a freaking like political drama and you've got like North Korean trained like spec ops guys being hired by the new quote-unquote government. North Korean trained? Yes, North Korean trained. They're called the 5th Brigade. They so were they just the- know how to march in unison. That's about it. I mean, they killed a lot of people. Like, thousands and thousands of people and they called it the the government that was in charge which was um the it's good zanu right mm-hmm. lord zanu zanu dash pf zimbabwe african national union patriotic there we Front. go yep there you go um and then the, the 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 other one at this point the other conflicting group was the zapu 
which is the Zimbabwe African People's Union. <clears throat> Those both sound okay, at least. Right. And so, you know, when, um, actually, up until just recently, he, he had been the president, Robert uh, Mugabe. Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. He, you know, he was kind of, you know, trying to crush this other, uh, this other group, the, the Zapu, in what they called... Cholera outbreak. It's, uh, yeah, so it was called, it was called the Gukurahundi, which roughly I'm translates sure to the early rain, which washes away the chaff before the spring rains. The heavy rain. Oh, that's cool. Oh, man. Yeah, so which, which was essentially that whole uh, operation was just a series of massacres of the... Oh, that's the, not um, as cool. Yeah, Indebele civilians, which were the main source of the, the Zapu, the Zimbabwe. Imagine that planning session. All right, what's the plan for part one? Uh, we massacre civilians. All right, yep. what about part two? We massacre more civilians. Yep, that's and that yeah. It's like if there are this no is, civilians, look, no one can hate us. My brother, us. I'm sorry, but this is getting a little one note. Yep. They also had that conversation in English. Trust me, I was there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they definitely didn't have it in Sona. Nope. But yeah, it's really look into it. It's really interesting because there is like a shitload of Soviet, German, Cuban, communist-backed stuff. Like there's. So much like propaganda. So, which which of the parties was backed by communism? The one that's in charge now. Well, the one that was in charge until semi recently. The, technically, it's a different group now because there's a new president. There was a coup. November 17, the army led coup d'état following the dismissal of Vice President Emerson. I can't pronounce that. <laughs> and then they placed uh, Mugabe under house arrest. So, yeah, yeah, that what was, was November. That? Yep, it was last uh, year. November of 17. It was last year. Wow, I yep. thought it was 2016. Yeah, just and they they have a they have a vote coming up on. The thirty first, and which won't like, be rigged at all. Well, yeah. Well, and totally the the free. current the current president Emerson, like Josh Lincoln said, Palmer? it's hard. Menengagua. That's probably right. Sure. I just call him. He's had like literally two assassination attempts on his life in the last less than a year. So it'll probably go fine. It Popular should be guy. fine. Yeah, it should be fine. Hey man, he survived yeah. too. He was he was poisoned by cyanide, and uh, someone threw a grenade at him. Well, let's see if he can break Hitler's record of, assa- of surviving assassination attempts. Anyway, look into it. I just think it's really fascinating. And if you, when you, when you start looking into, because it's like a freaking drama. Like this is yeah. like you could make a movie out of this stuff, and it'd be awesome. There might be a movie made. There's not many. That's the thing, and that's what I find. That's what I found the most fascinating about it is that if you look this stuff up, you will find five different articles that tell five different stories. It really? Seems like the, yeah, like the, it seems that the the exposure to this this, you know, sort of last 40 year sort of thing is really not reported on very much. And it's like, this was a very bloody war that happened 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. it's not something that people really talk about. It's interesting. Yeah. I think it's, it's really something that I think that, like I said, I'm not going to go into all it because it is lengthy and it is filled with lots of political intrigue and corruption and other countries backing corrupt people. It's uh, it's wild. So I, I definitely recommend looking into it. And uh, yeah. that's really the main reason I wanted to bring it up. One thing I would kind of piggyback on when you're saying like it's not really reported on, that's a broader context thing. Like the way we learn about the Cold War in the United States anyway, mm-hmm. or the, the way it's taught even in schools now is it's not really violent, right? It's the United States versus Russia, but that's, nobody, it's cold they don't even. really fight, you know? Right, right, right. Well, yeah, that's because they don't of... fight directly. But right. this is we what's have other people do our fighting. It's proxy yeah. battles. Is terrible wars in places that are basically not seen as important from Western countries. Yes, and um, you know it wasn't necessarily Russia to U.S. It was more Russia to U.K. But mm-hmm. um, that Zimbabwe was a, was a big front for a lot of that money and sort of indirect conflict. Well, we don't want to have that war here. Let's take it down to some 
poor nations that we don't care about. Yeah, it's yeah, like exactly. when you say we, we need to step outside and then have other countries <laughs> yeah, fight each other fight for us. <laughs> we don't want to fight in the bar. Let's take it out on the street. And then let's have someone else fight for us, yeah. Yep. I'll meet you in the parking someone... lot and then have, yeah, my friend beat your friend up. We're going to do trial by combat and we can elect who fights in our place. Except that these two people that we're going to elect to fight in our place are going to be two homeless people who had no interest in fighting whatsoever until we gave them guns. And money. Yep. And gun money. Isn't society great, ladies and gentlemen? That was a darker note, you're right. Yeah, so... Yeah, now, dark, now that we're all Lots sad. of dead people, lots of dead people probably coming, because there's very there's a very strong likelihood that with this coming election there could be violence, but it's, you think it's interesting. think another civil war? And it's something that I think people should educate themselves on. Good choice. Maybe go there, volunteer, pick up a rifle. You know, pick up a Don't do that. <laughs> Probably not the greatest idea don't, you've don't, ever had. Don't hey, it's it's a light side, dark side system, you know? You, yeah. you know, what side Good cop, you... bad cop. Yeah. There's Perfect. no there's no gray area here. There's no yeah. ambiguity. <laughs> All right. All right um, Josh, you want to go next, buddy? Uh I can. Go for if it, you my want baby me boy. To. My independence day started when people got to the place that I'm going to talk about because they are still independent and always have been. Um, oh, cool. North so Sentinel Island. Like, hey, we're here now. If you haven't ever heard of North Sentinel Island, that's not surprising. It's not very big and they don't get out much. <laughs> it's over in the Bay of Bengal. It's near India and all that. North Sentinel Island is one of the last places on Earth that people remain pretty much uncontacted, out of touch with... Uh, Everyone else on the globe. Uh, anytime anyone tries to go to North Sentinel Island, the inhabitants there kill them, pretty much. Whoa. Uh, anytime a uh, helicopter flies over, they'll throw spears and shoot arrows at it. I mean, it's pretty crazy. They've had a couple of, of instances of people that, you know, tried to go and make contact and stuff, but uh, for the most part, <laughs> they've been uncontacted. Let's see. The British led an expedition there and tried to... Um, make contact with the people. They found some abandoned villages and and stuff like that, and then they captured this elderly couple and four children and brought them back to Port Blair, wherever they were sailing out of. Mm-hmm. And the elderly couple died pretty quick of uh, sicknesses because, you know, they weren't exposed to any... You're, it's, it's the same thing that happened back... Um, indigenous people. Yeah, yeah, with the indigenous peoples of America. It's like, hey, we don't have syphilis, or we don't have the, your diseases... Um, so they were like, oh shit, we killed this elderly couple, let's take the kids back. So they just like, take them back and drop them off on the island and say, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ah, like the British kind of gave up at that point. They visited a couple more times. Uh, one, one time that was interesting after the eruption of Krakatoa, they mistaked that for gunfire and interpreted as a distress signal of a ship. So they went back to the island um, but yeah, that wasn't what happened, and so they pretty quickly left after that. So yeah, like like you said, that when they went and they captured that elderly couple, that was in uh, 1880. Um, it says elderly couple, four children. They died, the old people died. Um, so the four children were sent back to their home with quantities of presents. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. It, a, a lot of times when people would go to the island, they would leave presents. I don't know what the Pigs. presents yeah. are. Uh, a, a search party landed on the yeah. island and left gifts before returning to Port, Port Blair. That's when Krakatoa erupted. So yeah. it's like, yeah, the, um, they're just like, oh hey, sorry guys, we like, probably killed a lot of people based on our uh, outworlder <laughs> diseases. Uh, here's 
here's some socks yeah, and, here's uh, some yes. that are also covered in our outwolder diseases. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the what the gifts might have been. Probably, I would think like rum, foodstuffs. No, yeah, rum is more likely. Things that travel yeah, let's, well. Let's on get these people drunk. So if foodstuffs like salted pork or something, no, nah, it's just ramen. Yeah, nothing but salted pork and rum. That's that's. They great. look at the let's salted pork like for these okay, we don't want this shit. We got animals <laughs> that we kill every day. I don't... There was an MV Rus- Rolt- Rusley and an MV Primrose that both ran aground. There's apparently a reef around the island Ooh, that both ran aground. In 77 and 81, and the Sentinelese, the people on the island, scavenged both wrecks for iron. So, like, I'm sure they have some idea that there are people that have a higher... More technology. Yeah, more technology than them, but they're just like, we don't want that. And maybe weird, like, demons or something to them, I'm not sure. On one of those, uh, the Primrose that ran aground, it was on the reef, let's see, August 2nd, 1981. And while the crewmen were stranded there, they noticed... Men carrying spears and bows and arrows were building boats on the beach, presumably to come kill them. Presumably. <laughs> That's quite an assumption there, Josh. The, well, I mean, carrying spears and stuff, why why do that for a rescue party? I do it for ceremony. I'm just saying. But anyway, they, they radioed and said, hey guys, um, we need some guns so that we can fight these people if they end up on our ship. But there was a huge storm that kept any supplies from reaching the Primrose. Luckily, though, that also kept the islanders on the island. And then finally, those guys were uh, rescued by a helicopter from an Indian Oil and Natural Gas Corporation. Crazy. That was just like 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was in 81. Yeah. So these people still don't want you coming to their island. There was peaceful contact made by a guy, Triloknath, which is an awesome first name, Triloknath Pandit. Uh, he's an anthropologist, and um, I mean, I, I didn't find much on what he gained from his visits, but he did Syphilis. for about seven years visit the island and, and lived, um, so I'm sure he has something out there. Some kids with some indigenous people. And then he, he ceased going in 1997. You know, the tsunami that happened back in the 2004, the Indian oh, Ocean yeah. earthquake, the Sinhalese lived that somehow. Um because there was a helicopter flew over the island and saw some people, and uh, that is when they shot arrows and threw stones at the so helicopter. Crazy. They were like, get the fuck away from our island. And then I think the last thing that has been to the island, two fishermen, Sundar Raj and Pandit Tiwari, hopefully I'm saying that right, Probably aren't. Um, shipwrecked, and then they were killed. So, yeah, yeah, they still don't like people. The population of the island... They've got some estimates. Back in 1901, they figured there were about 117 Whoa. people on the island. Last thing um, they recorded was in 2011, they guessed about 40 people. But no one knows for sure, you know. That's just whoever you can see from the air while getting shot at and <laughs> rocks thrown at you. So for the Sentinelese, they have always and for now will always be independent of everyone. Because uh, I think uh, India has declared a three-mile uh, no inc- intrusion zone around the island. I saw the some island. TV the other like, day. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, nobody get near the island because it doesn't work out usually. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, great on you, Sentinelese. Keep doing what you're and doing. listen to the Safety Stage Sutures podcast twice a month. Hopefully. And yeah, if this gets to you, yeah, I'm shout your out biggest fan. I to guess, the Sentinelese. Yeah, they they seem like they're big on, you know, cell phones and Yeah, I mean, maybe the gifts that that they dropped in 1880, they have been able to fashion into crude <laughs> cell phones and are now scrolling through the Facebook. Professor from Gilligan's Island, <laughs> yeah, they tapped into Wi-Fi and yeah, satellite. 
And they're just like us, but they're on and an island. They don't have clothes. Yeah. So, anyway, the, the North cool. Sentinel Island. Go oh, Bears. That, that, it's like <laughs> it's like a North Sentinel Island University. A weird little, a weird little like pocket of time travel in it's, 2018. It's ancient a, humanity. It's yeah. yeah. It's about four miles by four miles wide. Something right in that area. So I mean, if you can imagine living and dying there for generation after generation after generation and never leaving and never having contact with the outside world, it sounds like some people crazy. in East Texas. So they're super, yeah, exactly. So they're super inbred, <laughs> and cell phones are Yeah, massive. but they go to Dallas sometimes. Well, depending on how, how many they are, but yeah, they, I would imagine there's definitely second cousins and stuff <laughs> happening <Yeah>. down there. <laughs> but hey, I mean, one thing to be said about that is if they tried to have outside relations, they're probably all just going to die of some terrible probably. disease that we've developed immunity to. So it's kind of I, run a course to where we can't go visit can them now that because we we're too different. They're probably going to die of some disease that we developed <laughs> specifically for them. The government killed the Sentinelese. <laughs> Those bastards. Why, why kill them, though? I mean, Because they throw spears at us. Yeah, well, stop going there. That's, that's the reason they're throwing they spears. They only do that because you keep going there, Chris. Stop. There's only 40 people there. Eventually, the inbredness is going to catch up to them. Ugh, I don't want to see the product. I mean, it hasn't yet. Yes, you do. You know you do. Just saying. Anyway, we can move <laughs> on, but yeah, that's their independent okay, forever. Okay, so I'm up next, and um, Grady, as he stated, you know, is half Mexican and picked Mexico. So me yep. being a very large part uh, Irish went with um, the Easter Rising. Newsflash, I'm uh, half Sentinelese. <laughs> At least you're not inbred. I went with the Easter Rising, and... Um, like all good things Irish, it uh, failed. <laughs> but it, it has a point, because you know, the whole point is Independence Days, and so I'm, I'm going to link this back. So there's a lot of background to this, because the UK is a bag of dicks. This kind of all starts dating back to the Acts of Union in 1800, uh, where the Kingdom of Great Britain and the Kingdom of Ireland, as the United Kingdom of Great Britain as a whole, abolished the Irish Parliament, which gave um, Irish representation to the British Parliament. From early on, many Irish nationalists opposed the Union and the ensuing exploitation and impoverishment of the island, which led to a high level of depopulation. There's a lot of parliamentary crap that goes on. Essentially, after a lot of this stuff happens, you end up with a lot of radical nationalists who become disillusioned with parliamentary politics, and they turn towards extreme forms of separatism. Heck yeah. You have the Gaelic Athletic Association, which uh, sounds like a sports what league. A great yeah, that sounds like a football uh, team. The Gaelic <laughs> League. <laughs> the I root for those guys yeah, all the, the time. Uh, the basket, yeah, the, the Irish basketball team just got together and said we're sick of this shit. <laughs> uh, the Gaelic League. Uh, the the yeah. Celtics? Or Celtics, Celtics, rather? Uh, no, it's, it's Celtic. Uh, Celtics is wrong. But the team is Celtic. I know. <laughs> Uh, eventually, you have this thing called the Third Home Rule Bill, uh, which was introduced by British Prime Minister H.H. Asquith. I've never known how to pronounce that, never looked into it. And that was in 1912. And if you know anything about 1912, you know what we're kind of creeping towards, and I hope you're putting the puzzle pieces together when you figure out when this thing fucking happened. Irish nationalists eventually formed a rival parliamentary group called the Irish Volunteers, um, and then eventually had the Irish Republican Brotherhood, which was a driving force behind them. Mm-hmm. The Irish volunteers eventually tried to start smuggling rifles into Dublin, nice. and the British army attempted to stop them and oh. fired into a crowd of civilians. Oops. British army officers then threatened to resign if they were ordered to take action against the, the UVF. Uh, by 1914, Ireland seemed to be on the brink of a civil war. The crisis was ended in August by that year by the outbreak of World War I um, and Ireland's involvement in it. There was that, that, that Home Rule bill that I mentioned earlier. It was enacted, but it was basically postponed 
by the war. So what was the home rule bill? <laughs> the home rule bill, it was intended to provide a, a self-rule for Ireland. And it, it okay. kind of went through, and then all of a sudden the war happened. They were like, well, wait. Yeah, it was supposed to create a self-government exactly. from the yeah. UK for Ireland. So eventually the Irish Republican Brotherhood uh, has a meeting. Um, I think about a month after the British government declared war on Germany. And they decided that, you know what, fuck this. Uh, we're going to stage an uprising before the war ends. And we're also going to get Germany's help. <laughs> Heck yeah. And so you, also, so you end up <laughs> with um, a lot of people. And, you know, if you look into World War II history, there's a reason the Irish were, uh, were very uh, independent, you know, uh, neutral. Because mm-hmm. they were like, well, do we yeah. attack them? Because they were preparing, but they were like, are they preparing to attack the Germans? God, those Germans are dicks, though. Or are they going to attack the English when the Germans <laughs> Um, but you have a lot of individuals, Tom Clark, uh, Sean McDermott, you know, you have these Irish volunteers, um, and they create like a headquarters staff. You have Patrick Pierce, who played an important role. He was director of military organization. Joseph Plunkett, director of military operations. Thomas McDonough. There's, there's a lot of fucking people involved in this. Who is the CEO? Is all I need um, to know. They, they, they weren't that well organized. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, James Connolly was head of the Irish Citizen Army. Yes, he was. He was so, cool. He had lived in America before. He was a socialist. Yeah. That's how I he know. He did. It. And, uh, yeah. Trust me. Well, Grady, you would. So <laughs> basically, before the outbreak of World War One, you have Roger Casement and John Devoy. He was a leader of a group I can't pronounce. They met the German ambassador to the United States, uh, Johann Heinrich von Bernstoff. That's so German. Yep. Uh, they discussed German backing for an uprising. Uh, Kaysen went to Germany and began negotiations with the German government and military, and he persuaded the Germans to announce their support for Irish independence in November 1914. Kaysen also attempted to recruit an Irish brigade made up of Irish prisoners of war, which would be armed and sent to Ireland to join the uprising. However, only 56 men volunteered. Oh, uh, this, no, this no. Would be a running ga- this is the start of a running gag here. Too drunk to show up? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, man. Are indifferent. Not drunk enough to show up. So, essentially, uh, James Connolly, who, as we also mentioned, was the head of the ICA. He's cool. Which, I didn't mention, was a group of armed socialist trade union men and women. They were basically unaware of the IRB's plans. And so James Connolly threatened to start a rebellion on his own if the other parties failed to act. If they had done it alone, the IRB and the volunteers would possibly have come to their aid. However, the IRB leaders met with Connolly on January 1916 and convinced him to join forces with them. They agreed that they would launch a rising together on Easter and would make Connolly the sixth member of the military council, and then McDonough would later become a seventh and final member. So basically, they decided on Easter Monday, and by the time that rolled around on, let's see, uh, Monday the 24th of April, during the war, I would like to remind you, <laughs> 400 volunteers and Citizen Army gathered at Liberty Hall under the command of Commandant James Connolly. This was the headquarters battalion and included several other people I've already mentioned. Uh, Dublin's main thoroughfare occupied the building and hoisted two Republican flags. Uh, Pierce stood outside and read the proclamation of the Irish Republic. So, essentially, the rebellion kicks off, and it only lasts for about six days. Oh, that's not very good. Yeah, six days, like I said, failure all around. Um, <laughs> the Irish Volunteers and Patrick Pierce uh, and the Irish Citizens Army of James Conley. They are also joined by 200 women of a group I cannot fucking pronounce, That's but it basically translates to a woman's council. They eventually seize locations in Dublin, and that's when they read the proclamation I mentioned. Uh, the British Army brought in thousands of reinforcements, as well as artillery and a gunboat. Uh, there was fierce street fighting and roused the city center, where rebels put up stiff resistance. 
Uh, the main rebel positions were gradually surrounded and bombarded with artillery, which I don't know how you're going to fight against that. So as I mentioned earlier, yeah. they uh, reached out to Germany for help. Germany did actually agree, and they sent a shipment of arms to the rebels. But uh, in true Irish drunken fashion, uh, my idiot ancestors didn't know the shipment would be there that early. Oh. And were probably be wasted. And uh, the British intercepted it in advance. Um, the leader who was supposed to get these weapons issued a counterman to bid the halt and it didn't happen and so basically a bunch of people who were supposed to join in this rebellion did not show up basically after days of fighting like I said six you end up with 3,500 people taken prisoner by the British many of whom played no part in the uprising 1,800 of them would send to internment camps the leaders were, many of the leaders were executed following court-martials. Physical force republicanism was brought back to the forefront of Irish politics. And this eventually uh, led to increased popular support for the Irish independence. But the good news is that there were no problems in Ireland ever again after this. Uh, no, <laughs> Got the total the tally is that 485 people were killed. 54% of them were civilians. 30% were British military and police. 16% were Irish rebels, and more than 2,600 were wounded. Many of the civilians were killed as a result of the British using artillery and heavy machine guns, or, in the greatest example, mistaking civilians for rebels. Yeah, that's that's the thing I'm like. I mean, the rebels were also right, yeah. civilians, kind of. They just picked up guns. That's what's just tough. fire so, blindly into a crowd, but, man. Yeah, I mean, when you're using artillery, you're especially in a city... <laughs> You're, you know, probably going to hurt some European people. City. Yeah. Also, their gunboat, you know. Also, when all those people are wielding, or should have been wielding, German weapons, you're probably going to freak out a little bit. So. A little bit. So, the proclamation they read actually served, and, you know, one of the reasons this is important <clears throat> and celebrated is that, and there's one joke I want to get out of this, but I'm going to read these anyway, because I think they're kind of cool. <laughs> kind of served as a base point when the Republic of Ireland did become a thing. So, as I mentioned, they read the proclama- uh, the principles of the proclamation in front of a post office. Because, you know, hey, you know, Martin Luther had the church, the Irish had the post office. You'd think it'd be a bar. <laughs> it was the post office that was across the street from the bar. They were like, that's a government building, right? <laughs> we're going to read this off, and then we're going to go get a fack and drink, and then we're going to kill a bunch of English. So, uh, basically, this document consider- consisted of a number of assertions. The Rising's leaders spoke for Ireland. The Rising marked another wave of attempts to achieve independence. That the Irish Republican Brotherhood, the Irish Volunteers, and the Irish Citizens Army were essential to the Rising because they just need that fucking credit. Uh, the right of the people of Ireland to the ownership of Ireland. Okay. That the form of the government was to be a republic, a guarantee of religious and civil liberty, equal rights, and equal opportunities to all of its citizens. The first mention of gender equality, given that Irish women under British law were not allowed to vote. A commitment to universal suffrage. Uh, disputes between nationalists and unionists were attributed to differences carefully fostered by an alien government. I agree, you'd probably appreciate that. A rejection of what was later dubbed the two nations theory. And here's my favorite one. A promise of cherishing all of the children of the nation equally. <laughs> all the um, the thing is, since the 1990s, children rights advocates <laughs> have used that quote, not realizing that children of the nation refers to just Irish people. Just yeah, Irish people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't give a fuck about your kids. Oh, so like sons of whatever, basically. Right. Basically, yeah, like children of Irish. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Children of the Irish. I fuck you. Well, I mean, we didn't talk about the Children of America in our declaration. Well, did we? we ever, well, look, we'll get to America, okay? We have a big American event that you know, is only... <laughs> More people don't talk what, about. Uh, 22 years ago? Oh. Trust me. We'll get to that. Uh, it's it's a little hard to deal with. But anyway, uh, no. Uh, it, it does have some as children As I stated involved. before, in true Irish fashion, it fucking failed. And everyone was probably drunk. A lot of people didn't show up, and there were like, nah, don't go orders that got crossed. And it was just a fucking buttfuck of a failure that only lasted six days. But, um... Didn't have enough potatoes. How many potatoes does it take to kill an Irishman? Zero. Zero. Forty-four. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, I figured if an Irishman ate 44 potatoes, well, he they're raw. Issue. Gross. He's just gross. That's his yeah. issue, if he does that. I think raw potatoes do kill you. Anyway, uh, point being, it did... It if did, you the hit reason it's someone hard enough. It did serve as kind of a basis for the eventual liberation of the main republic of ireland and you know like i said there were no other issues in ireland ever again yep especially northern ireland that place was just just honky yeah i like to imagine they're all just like you know everything all this happens you know it's all it's a just giant shit storm they're like you know what we're fucking done with this i want to try this again we sucked at that let's <laughs> just, just go fine no it wasn't it wasn't important i think you know sometimes we're we kind of cast off things in history that fail we're like, ah, fuck that. That was stupid. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times, like you said, even though it failed, it, it does do is something. written by the winners, you know? You know? Like this yeah. uh, kind of sped up the British, like, wanting to kind of get rid kind of get rid yeah. of <laughs> Ireland and, like, this is a problem. We don't want it anymore, you know? It's like, wow, they're Give really pissy. Rule. They wanted weapons from the Germans. All right, let's let's uh, let's wrap this whole World War Two thing up and then we'll... World War One. Or World Red-headed War I, stepchild yes. of... Yeah, and then the get them out. Ugh. You know, and meanwhile, the you know Irish were pushing more for it because they kept getting mowed down by the British. So I mean, I think even and, in no, failure. that was one of the that was actually one of the major things. A lot of the world looked upon what England, uh, what the British did. Wow, you just fucking mowed down a bunch of fucking civilians. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was pretty like there was a lot of pressure on them from that point out. Like you do treat Ireland like crap. Yeah. So uh, it did, you know, like, you know, like I said, it's funny to look back on it, you know, especially as, you know, a person with a lot of Irish heritage myself, you know, the the running stereotypes. Oh, the German weapons were there, but the Irish didn't know they'd be there that early. (laughs) Uh, It's uh, I think if I remember correctly, the English actually kind of knew that shipment was coming in. Mm -hmm. Sure. um, And it probably was doomed to fail anyway. But, uh, you know, like I but, you know, as Grady mentioned. It did serve a further purpose of eventually, you know, pointing out, you know, there were a lot of sacrifices, but they weren't necessarily in vain. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow, this whole this whole thing really sucked. Let's just give everyone what they want and go home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> I would call it a rallying cry. And I, I can't think of any better rallying cry than, you know, I'm, I'm going to start tearing up here in a second. Because, you know, I was... <laughs> I'm going to cherish all I, I the children of the world. by this in 1996. Uh, when uh, yeah. President Thomas J. Whitmore, yes, we all remember, uh, were faced with utter devastation, mm-hmm. came out and made a fantastic speech, and I, I think Stephen has a recording from that fateful day. Yeah, I've got it right here for you. One of the greats of American oratory, right here. Perhaps it's fate that today is the Fourth of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. 
to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. I'm just happy someone was there yeah. to record it. I mean, it's, it's really... I mean, it was a banner day. Look, I mean, it's strange. Obviously, we live in a very different society now, but, you know, only 22 years ago, we were attacked by fucking aliens. And, you know, a lot of people yeah. don't think about it because, you know, you look back on Houston's, you know, my hometown's history, and you think mm. about Harvey and all this stuff, but a lot of people don't remember after the Reconstruction Project, we were fucking nuked. Yeah. It's, it's hard yeah. to... I'm sorry. I mean, sorry. I think uh, you know, not everyone was able to escape. Of course, there were there were um, efforts to uh, a lot evacuate of us. A lot Houston, of us were evacuated. But, yeah. We were living in Katy at the yeah. time. We were we were put on a, a giant military bus and driven out of town. I mean, I was only six at the time, but how can you forget looking up in the sky and seeing a ship a quarter the size yeah. of the moon? You know, I yeah, mean, that's that's was- big. You know, and 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 it fucked with the oceans and the tides. I mean, you know, you, how can yeah, you? My forget parents that were glued to the TV. We were in East Texas, but you know that that the the ship over Houston was 15 miles long. You could you know you could see it if you got up high enough. In those uh, you know mountainous East Texas areas. Uh, well, you know, you climb a pine tree. <laughs> we got some hills and some trees. Yeah, climb a pine tree. <laughs> we didn't have much else to do. And I mean, not not just one of those, but fifteen different ships yeah, that are fifteen all over the world. Wide. I mean, all over the world, simultaneously. I just, crazy. Honestly, it's, you know, it's... I I think we're lucky. You know, I mean, those aliens, you know, as technologically advanced as they are, they do seem really fucking stupid. I mean, they blow up a couple of places and then just decide they're gonna wait like a few days. Yeah. To... Well, they had to reload their weapons, is what I always thought. <laughs> well, I, have we ever been given an official? <laughs> they still had the musket style weapons. Have we ever I'm been sure. given an official explanation? But it was you know, that they had anti bad antivirus systems too. I think was part of it. Well, they were compatible with the yeah. Mac. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, classic it's military blunder. I remember reading declassified documents later where they basically said that the aliens were communicating using um, Earth satellites. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they would do that. It seems like it'd give us a massive heads up. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd think that, you know, this this alien civilization... Especially when it's a hive mind species that can communicate telepathically. Yeah, they, well, right. and also has the ability to create spaceships. I mean, I think that's go. just a rumor, Chris. I don't well, know I about think the that's telepath. Been confer- I've heard that. Uh, Steven, it's been confirmed, right? No, there's they conflicting tele- reports. Well, see, and, you know, this is this is kind of my thing. I'm, not, I'm normally not into, you know, the, this kind of... This kind of talk, but you know the all oh nine eleven was an inside job, you know all this stuff. But there's a lot of it that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, how did Whitmore know the things he knew? I I just I don't know. I don't know. Some of it doesn't doesn't add up. I mean, I I wanna I wanna go out on a limb here and 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 say I am very proud that we had President Whitmore when we had him. He went up in a plane with the rest of them. I mean, there at the end, you know, Stephen uh, Hiller. I mean, David that's Levinson. badass, you know. You know, heroes, and of course, oh, of course, forget of course, the number one hero, Russell Casey. Russell Casey. Russell Casey. He looks suspiciously like he, Randy. He, you know, served us in Vietnam and then shoved a 
a bomb right up those alien bastards' ass. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe a quote, I, I, you know, no one really knows, but I think the quote was, in the words of my generation, up yours. And I'm back. So. Words to live by. Yeah. Up yours, I'm back. He was an American hero, a role model for us all. And, you know, I think the important thing to take away is that was the day... That was the July 4th that... Of, of 1996. <laughs> that made it... Or it was no longer just an American holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. We came together yeah, as a, a planet. world holiday. Just the, gave them a world virus. Independence Day. <laughs> a, a computer virus so specifically designed to do nothing more than take down an alien shield. I was just happy that, that someone had a laptop in 1996. I'm happy that they took down all. the shield and then managed to still blow it up, and that they didn't just take down the shield and then they just blew up everything anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, that seems like a I, risk. I mean, I'm sure you all remember um, going to the grocery store, you know, that day and hearing on all the loudspeakers, don't shoot weapons <laughs> at yeah. the aliens. You might cause an interstellar <laughs> war. Yeah, I mean, God, I mean, how have we not even brought it up yet? The fact that you know we had a crisis just, just, just two two years ago. Yeah, it's crazy to think how we live in such an advanced society, and yet my Xbox One X, I still have to pick. Uh, do I want resolution versus frame rate? <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna let the government take my alien weapons. <laughs> is all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, why we we don't we have all these reverse engineered spaceships now. All right, let's just drop this fucking bit. These yeah. movies fucking suck. Bit's over. <laughs> Independence Day two Resurgence. is terrible. One is. I would terrible. argue two is better than one. I I would disagree. I with would that, disagree with you fine. disagreeing with. Don't that. don't watch either of them. And yeah, that, that would be, be my uh, advice as well. So my my main two, you know, obviously, unless you like Liam I mean, Hemsworth, the reason we were uh, talking about this is self evident. Uh, but like, it's I don't know. I think I think our I think our our bit was really deep. I think you really had to <laughs> really really contemplate it. <laughs> it's like guys, I don't remember this happening. We're just gaslighting people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure, all of our listeners yeah. are gonna. Yeah, we're gaslighting. Very our sophisticated listeners. humor. These movies have a. a Two major problems. Uh, they have more than two. Being directed by Roland Emmerich, and I think the last one actually had like six different screenwriters, which always turns out well. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Five. Okay. One thing I loved about it is that the little kids from the first one oh, it's great. And now grew up to be older great. twenty years and later. And uh, no, my thing was so you have a bunch of characters that are completely fucking useless and pointless. Yes. They spend like time, quote unquote, developing them. Uh, which really amounts really. to like, hi, hi, hi. I'm Chef Goldblum, and uh, I like e- I like ecology, and I like uh, preservation, and that's basically going to um, lead to me being mad because we used a nuke, and I'm also uh, going to get drunk and like throw trash around a room because I'm pissed off, and that is the end of that. Like all these characters who have no arc at all, emotion, who have like weird little quirks. You have. Oh, I gotta call my my mother. I gotta call. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> he just he dies, dies anyway. anyway. That's the thing so with like, yeah. That's the thing with with that guy. I mean, why even bring him up like, if you're just, just gonna kill him three minutes? I, into I the remember movie. watching that uh, again when I a few years ago, and we we watched the first one uh, for this cast. But like, I remember watching it, and my girlfriend was sitting next to me, and I was just like shaking my head, and she was just kind of laughing because she never seen it before. Um, she's a big Jeff Goldblum fan, so she just found it distracting. Who isn't? But like, uh, I, I was just like, God, I can't imagine 
uh, reading the script and then like going up to the producers and just being like, cut this, cut this, cut this character, cut this line. This is pointless. <laughs> oh man, the aliens are invading the earth and millions of people are dead. Oh, hold me, uh, Will Smith. Like, what the fuck? Who would react that way? Like, I'm gonna be joking. Like, none of these people act like real people. And the worst part of it is these aliens are fucking stupid. Yeah, well, the, they're yeah, a terrible enemy. Like, the, you, know. the, you bring up something that I thought was really interesting when I went when I went back and rewatched it. Um, the lack of response from everyone when literally millions of people are dying. Yes. Like no one, yeah, no one reacts to the fact that like. <laughs> Like like in the yes. in the control rooms and everything, they're just Damn. like shit. We it's lost like, no, <laughs> a, a significant percentage of the human population was just annihilated. And yeah, no, there. It, uh. Well, in the second one, part of that is the guy that got to play the general. I don't think he has emotions. He might as well be an it, alien. It's, it's not as bad. I don't remember it's the actor's name. The but. Like in the first one, it's like everyone like these major cities have been wiped out. Yeah, it's like yeah. he just turned, they've been wiped out, Mr. President. And then Matt, and then Harry Connick Jr. just acts like Jim Carrey. <laughs> like, that's all he does. And I'm like, who would react this way? And then it's just like, is there a problem? Nah, man, I just want to kick E.T.'s ass. And everyone's like, ah, go, man. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> Every, People are I would dying. be shitting I don't my know. pants. The second one seemed to add more useless characters that didn't add anything to the film than the no. first. I mean, at least they killed the, some of the useless characters off in the first one pretty I wonder pretty if uh, they basically like, had to do a budgetary thing, like, do we want to pay for Will Smith? Or <laughs> dead? Or did Will Smith say no? Sure, Surely Will Smith was smart enough to just say, I'm not uh, going to I wouldn't involved. say that. But Will that, Smith was that, in an M. Night Shyamalan movie, so... Yeah, I, I mean, whatever, I like, man. Um, why did well, Goldblum, Goldblum come back, can't though? say no, I think. You know? Like... Why? Why is he in every like bad sequel? Well, also he gets to play like the smart guy and everything, so maybe he's like, got no, like they an ego issue. Him to come back for freaking Jurassic Park too. Yeah. So you know, if you remember, if you go back and watch uh, Independence Day one, that other real thing that happened. To fly out of the ship at the end. Must go faster. Must go faster. Oh yeah. Must go faster. Great line. They were referencing. Yeah, and they, they brought were it back. Referencing Jurassic yeah. Park, which had only come out like two years before that. But uh, no, what the thing I do like in terms of carryover was I like that they brought Brent Spiner back because he looked like the only one who gave a shit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. He's probably. He didn't, I mean, it didn't seem like that necessary though. I mean, he was just the Area Fifty One guy. Yeah, but seems, well, and also he died. He died. Yeah, in the first he actually. Year. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. The, oh, he was in a coma. No, his face was pale. No, man, he just gets knocked out. His face hard. looked like it did when he played Data. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and he was still came back. Oh, yeah. I was fine. Oh, that that scarf on your neck was supposed to be a sweater. That was cute. They did the soap yeah. opera thing. He was in a coma. Yeah, exactly. Yep. He was in a coma. Well, I'm wondering if it was like one of these things where like Brent Spiner was like, "Hey, I had a lot of fun. Can I come back?" And they're like, "Yeah, but you died. Yeah, but do it anyway because." What else are you going to get? Yeah, did anyone pay attention to me dying? No. Yeah. Come on. It's fine. <laughs> we were more concerned with the we didn't have anyone as fucking unnecessary as, like, the president's wife. Ugh. Who does nothing in that movie <laughs> she, she at all. Through. No, you uh, bring it up. She gets saved she gets to die. She gets saved to die. <laughs> For, like, a 30-second scene of sadness. Her, like, uh, Firestein does absolutely nothing in that movie. Vivica A. Fox, like, why is she a stripper? And then we see her die in the second one, which kind of sparked off the whole. We're gonna. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All the old people are gonna be gone by the end of this fucking movie, so we can make a sequel. Okay, so they kill, they kill all the useless people in the first one, but in the second one they leave them all alive. A couple of them, like 
And then they kill them off Liam, anyway. Liam Hemsworth's brother that they only finally develop a connection at the end of the movie, and it's very forced. Like, that shit bothers me. He should have died to give our characters I'm mad that Will Smith dies off-camera between movies. No one, no one said he no, was he's dead, dead, did they? Uh, they tell his son, like, there were, what was it, like a te- Steven, do you remember? It was like, re- this is a uh, test hanger we used, and he died while trying to fly out of it when it malfunctioned or something. Yeah, I don't, it was something stupid. It was something like... Something ridiculous, like a weird hand wave away, don't Right, they were like, they, it's like they tried to hide it so that maybe you wouldn't, like, just... We're, we're gonna fill this plot hole with some bubble gum and hope you don't notice. But to go back to what you were talking about, Josh, in terms of pointlessness, uh, I think there, you know, even though I'll say two is better than one, uh, there is a shining beacon of pointlessness into with Judd Hirsch uh, playing uh, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's dad in the fucking bus with all those kids. And somehow they make it from New York to Area 51 and like what felt, I kinda what, thought that what was kind charming. of felt like maybe 20 hours. I want to see. I want to see a, a offshoot movie of like grandchildless grandparent with all the kids on the bus. I, I want to see a prequel. That. that was I thought it was charming. He like talked about never having any grandkids, and then he got to like adopt these kids. <laughs> Judd Hirsch. It's just parents. a it's just you know? a sitcom in that universe where he has to deal. Yeah, with <laughs> yeah. an eighties sitcom in the universe where he has to take care of all those featuring kids. Judd Hirsch in a bus. I was gonna say uh, I wanted to see like a prequel where it's him raising Jeff Goldblum. I don't know. I think my biggest issue, other than that, with two was the fact that like, all right. So we have these giant planet crackers that drill into the core. And I remember we see that scene at the end of it where it's like... It, it got so close to the core that wouldn't it, our planet it wouldn't have just have died anyway. We, we were 20 seconds away from them I getting to things. the core. I don't know. And this giant hole still there. Like, how that tiny ship looking for gold was supposed to monitor that situation? <laughs> yeah. Just well, look watch it. it. Yeah, Give us no, a call. They can see to the core of the planet. It's, it's easy. easy. It's fine. All you need is a ship. We used our periscope. I, I, look, there, there, was, there was that, and then there was the fact that, like, all right, the planet is literally minutes away from being destroyed. I mean, the planet definitely does no. not live through that. Because, no. one, you have a ship that's, like, a quarter the size yes. of the planet land on the planet. That's going to screw something up. What, it had its own gravitational wise, pull. I mean, yes. Yeah, it had its own gravitational pull, which... Was oddly strong. Would have destroyed the oceans. Would have completely rerouted all water yeah, it everywhere. Picks up fucking oceans and cities and drops them. Where is it the landing in the Atlantic of, of oh, Avengers: uh, Age of Ultron? Is it yeah, yeah. destroyed the planet? Be, like, <laughs> we, yeah, not, the planet would have been fucked. If if that hadn't have fucked the planet, honestly, and this, I don't really have like real scientific backing, but like when the first one even enters the atmosphere, enters like well, a oh, when God. it crashes, when those things crash, so much dust. It would have been knocked into the air that we would have gone into an ice age. And then, if it happened again, not only would, like, the Earth's, like, freaking tectonic structure just completely have evaporated whenever they drill that gigantic hole into it, but yeah, when that stupid thing that's, like, yeah. the size of the moon just shows up, yeah, no, it's going to destroy everything. Oceans are going to be... Gra- I mean, every single... Just throw us off single, our orbit and shit. Yeah. city, every single landmass would be completely restructured and covered in water and... Yeah, no... Yeah. And that leads into the stupidity of these fucking aliens, because they should know this. When they're like 20 minutes away from the Earth's core, maybe a little bit more than that, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the thing that we shot down, the AI that took, for whatever reason, was like, oh, look, they attacked this one planet and they lived. I'm going to wait 20 years, literally like a day before the other evil race gets here, 
the harvesters oh, God. to go there and <laughs> warn them and get them off planet. I'm going to evacuate them in like 24 hours somehow. Uh, <laughs> as many of them so as possible. It it's looking for that one because it's the last one of its left and it's leading the resistance. And they're 20 minutes, maybe a little more, maybe like 30 an hour away from getting to the Earth's core. And then they sense that sphere on the planet's surface. Oh, yeah. And the alien well, it, queen... It finally turned on because some idiot thing, touched it. Everything <laughs> is centered around. If she dies, then everything goes kaplooey. Yeah. She's like, well, there's, I there's the 20 fact minutes that... away from the Earth being completely annihilated with the spear along with it. But I'm going to personally go down to the planet that's about to blow the fuck up and grab it myself. Yeah. And I get it because I think they actually explain it like it has the co- yeah it's it ha- the last well, thing that can kill coordinates them. to the rebellion planet, but like once yeah. you kill that thing, what? Well, it's it was training other That's what I'm saying. other but species once it's on dead, the rebellion. What good planet. are that? Are those other species going to do against well, you and your massive mind? Well, they, they've already been trained and can. But still aren't they fight. stuck on one so planet? Want to go uh, to the? I guess I said there's interstellar travel. Yeah, eh, maybe I'm maybe I'm harping on about something that I shouldn't be. But what? it just felt like the fact that you're 20 minutes away and you go down there yourself. It's the start. Like, I love Star Trek, but that's the issue. All right. We're landing on this new planet we know nothing about. Captain, I'm going to uh, go ahead and beam down. No, there. you're not, says number one. Yeah. Like, yeah, like <laughs> how about we don't risk the most important figure in our invasion force? Well, yeah. yeah, it's so dumb. <laughs> I, I like that Jeff Goldblum immediately knew that... There was a queen, and we have to. I kill like the queen. how Jeff Goldblum like, was able to uh, replicate. He just knows everything all the time. Replicate that sphere's uh, uh, radioactive frequency in like a matter <laughs> yeah. of five minutes. Yeah, yeah, pretty well, easy. Well, to like do. Clearly, recorder. this is like Jeff Goldblum is a genius. Um, um, life, and, uh, life uh, finds a way. Uh, uh, finds a way. Life finds a way. Yeah, I guess. And and at the end of the movie. We decide that as human beings, we're gonna go kill all these guys oh, of in course. interstellar space. Oh no, it was decided with for the us. help of the sh- it was sword. For us. Yeah, right. It said it wanted us to fight. It wanted us for to it. lead. And, I mean, everybody them. was like, "Hell yeah, let's we're do the it!" New leaders. When do we we're start? From being incredibly primitive to being the new leaders of the resistance. This, yeah, this resistance is like um, in bad shape because we beat them twice. Yeah. Oh man! Well, when they make if, the sequel, imagine how many kill bad them. CGI aliens we're gonna get. If we can kill them without all the. Like the first time, without all the um, alien equipment, and then kill like a queen again, and these guys are struggling. Then yeah, they're, more likely they're what's going to happen is that we're going to use the technology <laughs> the sphere gives us to you know travel into space and go to other planets, and then just we're going to have. Well, no, we're just, yeah, we're just going to have the district. Oh god, we we're are the aliens. Nine on that's other the sequel. Planets. That's that's going to be the the twist. We're the invaders. Yeah, exactly. Now. What have yeah. we become? Ooh, I like that. Become? Yep. These these are actually yeah, human beings who have evolved to the point and come back in time because they ruined their it's their not gonna future. work here, Grady. They're, the harvesters are so fucking like not even it's not even like an ambiguous thing. They're so blatantly evil that Yeah, no, I mean not against harvesters, just against other people. But then it's not gonna be the Independence yeah, like, Day movie, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be something else. Ooh, it's gonna way. be like a fucking Ender's game. Oh, uh, we killed the buggers. Yeah, but then you find out that the buggers actually weren't as bad as we thought they were. Even though they tried to kill us twice? And then we start yeah, exactly. them over on another nice. planet. Spoilers. Yeah, the, like, 15-year-old book. <laughs> yeah, I'm not reading that <laughs> shit. I don't care. You should, it's good. I know, it's, it's supposed it's to be. It's great. Much better than Independence <laughs> Day. 
<laughs> uh, movies. Independence Day itself is great. Pretty good. I you drink beer, you cook out. That's nice. Yeah, I'm excited. That's what I'm doing you shoot an after alien, this. You stab an alien in the back. You go to McDonald's. You go to Walmart. Sure. I mean, oh, yeah. You, you got to do all the things. Whatever you do. It's like Cinco de Mayo, Taco Bell, Fourth of July, <laughs> you, you McDonald's. You see the anti-Trump shirt and the Walmart, and then you boycott them online. Capitalism. I, th- I think they discontinued those. What shirts? Or at least stopped selling them. I did hear that. There, there was a bunch of anti-Trump stuff oh, on Walmart.com. Them because they have that? Okay. Well, imagine the, the buyer base for Walmart. Yeah, no, that makes sense. 90% MAGA people. But some, but somebody complained, and they've since taken all that down. Ooh, they ooh. will not sell it. So uh, this is a good segue, actually, into our next section, which is things that happened in the last two weeks that we want to well, talk about. Well, I would like about. to also point out that it's our new section that's going to be a reincurring segment at the end of every podcast where we talk about dumb shit yeah. from the previous couple of weeks. Our favorite thing in the news in the last two weeks. So we don't know what it's called yet, clearly. We just anyway, know it's good. No, that's what it's called. Um, we we'll edit in a robot saying it. One of, the, <laughs> one of the things I was going to talk about, um, I don't, but I think it fell outside the timeline, was um, I think it was The Daily Show. Um, they had um, one of their little like quote-unquote field reporters go out and uh, to a, one of those Trump rallies. Um, and they were all shouting like space force, space force, space force, yep. and that was fun because you got to hear phrases like space ISIS from oh, actual shit. humans. Get to go to space. I think ISIS could get to space. Space ISIS. Space ISIS. Holy shit! Space ISIS. We do need a space force. Doesn't make a lot of sense, and we'd be wasting a lot of dollars. But at the same time, it's just gonna be cool. Let me just unpack what you just said. Right. We need to have a space force. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a waste of money, yep. but it's going to be cool, Right. so we need to have it. You Pretty stand much. by that statement? Stand by that statement, 100%. Fuck yeah, Space Force. Yeah. It's just a cool name. It's just a cool name. Isn't that essentially what we've been talking about, the Dude. aliens or space ISIS? Whoa. They do destroy monuments? Oh my gosh. That's what, what those movies ISIS are about. What by Independence Day? <laughs> well, I think in a way they kind I of were inspired most of them by haven't seen Independence it. Day. And just but I'm not going to talk about that because it's funny, but... That's about it. It just makes fun of people who are who are stupid who, who say things like space ISIS. Um, but instead, uh, I want to talk about football. Oh, what kind of football? I want to talk American about football. American football. Football. Not Canadian football. Um, Baker Mayfield. Uh, he was the number one overall draft pick for the Cleveland Browns uh, in the most recent in the most recent yeah. uh, NFL draft. Um, Oops, on both ends. He played for. Oh, he played for uh, Oklahoma. He played for Oklahoma. Yeah, I knew it was one of those O's. I couldn't think of which one. Oklahoma. Oh, uh, for, for Texas Tech, which is where I went to law school. And trust me, the, everyone there is consistently laughing at him for not being good enough to start for the Browns. They they hate his guts. Oh, he's there. gonna start. I I promise he'll start. You think so? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well that's. I really I really didn't like him until the thing that. Yeah. But yeah, you, if you you know if you're curious, uh, go look up some stuff about Baker Mayfield. He's got kind of a um a. A checkered past. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a little bit of a douche history. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he had a chess past. pass. Uh, anyway, he was on uh, Colin Coward uh, just for a little bit of background, I suppose. Um, after uh, Baker Mayfield was arrested for trying to run from the cops, which is a hilarious video. Yeah, it's good. Um, <laughs> uh, Colin Coward, uh, who's uh, got a show called The Herd, um, he's a, like sports analyst, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, use that term very, very generously. Yeah, um, he called Baker Mayfield. He called Sports Baker Mayfield again. undraftable, um, which, you know, like two months later, Baker Mayfield was literally the... the, the you know what? That kind of annoys the me that first, he said that about The me. first 
pick in the draft. So, yeah, he's undraftable. That was fun. <laughs> but then, uh, so Colin Coward invites Baker Mayfield onto the show, um, and uh, I'll play a little bit of clip of it from that right here. You're playing Ohio State. I watched every snap. You were, you know, gloriously talented guy, right? And then I see this play right here. Now watch this, Baker. And you throw a touchdown. And instead of, now I don't like this. I'm going to tell you right now. How come you're not, what? Where are you going? Where are you going over there? Our band is over there. Our student section's right there. And then straight back to our sideline. What about your team? Did you watch the rest of the game? I watched the whole game. You did? So you saw me celebrate with my teammates like the three touchdowns before that too? I don't like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. You pulled the one clip of me running right there to our fans and people that traveled well to that game, first of all. And then you didn't show the rest of the clip of me going to our sideline? No, no, no. You go, well, you no, have to go to the sideline. You you're not going to go to you a didn't. hospital. Well, where are you going to go after the touchdown? You're not going to go. But you're uh, acting like I just ran away from everybody. Well, you did, but then you came back and circled to the sideline. This is a, what is this, a five-second clip? Of you showing me, and then I'm off the screen right there. I'd like you to be with your teammates. Uh, watch the rest of the game. I was. All right. Oh, I know you went back to the sideline. No, no, no. I'm go watch the other touchdowns. I got very excited on that one. So you think my accusation that this doesn't this isn't the fact? Great. I feel like you're going for the fact that I'm not a team guy. I'm selfish. Is that what you're shooting at right here? Or what? Um, it is a no. I don't think that. I think you. I think sometimes your judgments. Just a tad off, and I think the NFL is a judgment league because the, the game is so fast. Mm-hmm. You have to make the windows get really, really tight and really, really small. You got to make decisions really, really fast. In college, you got that Orlando Brown guy, got a little yeah. more time. I don't love that decision. I don't love it. The celebration? Do you I, see what people do in the league now, celebration wise? Hip thrusting? Not a fan. <laughs> not a big fan of hip thrusting. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like when Antonio Brown's <laughs> doing that stuff. I'm not into it. You know what? Can, have you, do you have your celebration? Uh, and no, I, I have nothing. I have nothing. You're just going to give the ball to I, Apparently, I think I need to just run away. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> it's so oh, good. Um, because, like, you can tell Baker's really trying to, like, be, like, cool, all right? Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pick on you mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> You're Colin Coward. We're going to go back and forth. And then when he shows that clip right there, he, you can tell, you can just, like, hear it. He's like... No, see, I was going back. You know what? You picked the one clip, and he just like, you know, no, no, like you're just saying that yeah. I'm a selfish <laughs> asshole, and I yeah, screw no, you. Colin, <laughs> Colin doubles down on his. It's cherry picking, Colin, is what it is. Colin it's cherry doubles picking. down on his point. Yeah, and you can see Mayfield just get fed the fuck. Up. He's like, no, that doesn't make sense. You're not even hearing me. You're just saying things without listening to my responses. Yeah, and he continues. He's like, no, well, I think you're selfish. Or, you know, he, he yeah, he just goes, no, 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 I don't like that. And yeah. like, I brought you onto my show to ambush you. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield doesn't let him, and it's it's really great. And you know, and then he gives him this like false praise oh, yeah, yeah, at yeah. the end of it, where where he's like, oh, but I really think you're you're yeah. growing up. Yeah, I mean, he says he said he literally starts the interview with, I want to talk about the bad things before we talk about the good things. All right, Colin. Yeah, Whatever. he tries to be patronizing and just like yeah, Baker and just doesn't doesn't take it, you know. Like he just he he uh, I think he did really well. Like he yeah, I thought he did really well in the interview. It, it, he yeah, gained a lot of sure. respect from me the way he like a lot of people a lot of like kind of so. get off my lawn football guys are gonna you know be like oh my god he was such an ass and you know this guy's his get off blah, my blah, lawn blah. football but, guys. Like, but we're partying. Jesus, I you know as as much fun as it is to like you know watch football players like Russell Wilson or Tom Brady like God they have no personality like fuck I do not want to listen to them yeah. talk in any respect whatsoever you know I'll watch well, Tom Brady doesn't have a personality I, I tried to watch sure he's a serial killer I mean look at him smile he looks like fucking Dexter no, he's just he's just <laughs> oh Tom Brady yeah does he not tell me he doesn't he does That's look true. exactly like him there's a documentary. 
on Tom Brady, and it like it attempts to humanize him. Yeah, but in my opinion, it just kind of made him look that much stranger. He's a robot person. He's a freaking robot. Unless he's destroying his cell phone to cover up. He he kisses his son a lot on it, and I'm like, I feel like you're doing this to try. Is it like an awkward Tim and Eric kiss, or it's like? Like on the on the lips, like d- five times in a row. Uh, it's not five times in a row, but I mean, no. there's there's some lips kissings. They they uh, they ADR the sound of over it. Sure. Yeah, he's just a weird like robot pretending to be a human sort of thing. He's an android created by Bill Belichick. Yeah, fellow kind of humans. He is definitely a robot. Anyway, I just I thought that was fun. It gave like, I had no opinion on Baker Mayfield before this, and now I'm like, all right, I want you to succeed. I, I would love to see the Browns <laughs> succeed. I do want to see the Browns succeed just because what? You know? Miles Garrett. Yeah, right. I want you to rise up. I mean, the Browns aren't going to succeed until freaking Hugh Jackson gets out of there, but. Probably true. Hey, get out of there, Hugh Jackman. Go back to Australia. <laughs> yeah. Get off my lawn, football guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because, you know, if a, if, if a coach goes 0 16 and then the previous season went 1 16, they're probably a good coach, right? Yep, keep them on. They just need to rebuild. One for sixteen years. They'll win one. They'll win just one keep more rebuilding. Game yeah. Always <laughs> rebuilding. Pretty soon, perfect season. <laughs> Always be slow road. <laughs> and then they start losing years. one more game each year until they're back to where they were. Oh god. Yeah. The Thirty-two year experiment. Little, awful. It's just yeah, a bell just curve. A or I guess hey, well, at least they'll a get a Super wave. Bowl somewhere in there. <laughs> well, they can yeah. still lose the Super Bowl and win sixteen games. <laughs> oh, see, I thought they went undefeated. They're getting knocked out of the playoffs. I know. We never said that. They win. They go sixteen and zero and then lose in the first round. That would be the most. They're not going to win until LeBron plays tight end for them. Pretty. <laughs> anyway, I can take mine real quick. Do it. Okay, so the, an Indian, and I know I'm, I'm in back in India over here, guys. So I'm fascinated with India, apparently. Got Indian food. This, this uh, was kind of interesting. An Indian father and son were arrested and photographed in spacesuits. Uh, made of tinfoil. Okay. Are they joining the Space Force? Uh, the reason, no, yeah, that's the, this is the Indian Space Force. No, the reason they were arrested was they um, had got this guy, this Indian businessman that's like has a moniker, um, Narender is all he goes by, and they they were trying to scam him into buying a. Um, a device that attracted rice. What? Attracted rice? <laughs> so, Just like a rice magnet? Yeah, it's like a, a rice <laughs> magnet, yes. And so they were posing as people from NASA oh my God. that could attract rice <laughs> to this. And it's like a little copper plate, and they put like little shavings or something of iron on some rice, and so it would actually attract the rice. And they were trying to, to sell this to this guy. They were trying to con him. And I guess they got found out, so they were they were arrested, and for some reason they were put in these spacesuits <laughs> for the like the video <laughs> conference, and no one anywhere has told me why yet um, that they would be in yeah. these. Do you have a? Yeah, it's tinfoil spacesuits with no gloves. One of them has one of them has a glove, yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was insane. Yeah, it's pretty funny that that's happening in India, and I I want to know how far he got in the meeting, uh, Narender. I mean. Um, before he was like, nah, I don't believe this. Or if he got all the way there and like there was money exchanged. He's NASA. Oh wait, no, I mistook these guys for NASA employees because they were wearing those spacesuits. But right, those very NASA-like spacesuits. So for our listeners, that if you if you haven't looked them up, they are like straight out of um, the Twilight yeah. Zone outfits. I was gonna say like a middle school play. Floor. I guess it's, it's sort of similar to a, a hazmat suit. But, but made of space blankets. Silver, yeah. you know? And s- some of the theories are they put them in these to shame them publicly 
for doing I, I thought, this. I thought these were their own suits. Yeah, these, this article I have says that they, they were accused of using tinfoil spacesuits to pose as. So, like, this was what they were accused of using. <laughs> okay, so they were yeah. using this them is, to pose as. This was as. part okay. of their ploy was to dress up in these because they thought those were convincing. And we would have gotten away with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like I said, like, how far did this business meeting go? Somebody shows up in suits like that, says, hey, I'm from NASA, and I have this device that, will, that can uh, magnetically attract rice. Also, what are we doing with a magnetically... Why are we rice magnetizing well, rice? Think, what is that Josh, helping? To, lead that in, to transfer it from to place to place? Or what are we doing with it? They might be magnetizing it in a way that, according to Iran... <laughs> Israel is trying to steal their weather. Yeah, that works. Which, it's great. Magnets yeah. all over the world. Which leads into mine, where an Iranian commander, uh, Jalali, uh, accused Israel of stealing Iran's clouds and causing a drought. Nice. Um, so basic, <laughs> I took your clouds. So basically, this general, he uh, accused Israel of stealing clouds in order to manipulate weather, which I believe, uh, Grady, you might remember, I think uh, Ahmadinejad like accused him of doing this a long time ago. Oh, he probably did. Maybe they ha- maybe they are doing it. The, the the rationale was Israel, another country in the region, another country in the region, <laughs> have joint teams which work to ensure clouds entering Iranian skies are unable to release rain. On top of that, we are facing the issue of cloud and snow theft. Snow theft? He cited a survey showing that above 7,200 feet, all mountainous areas between Afghanistan and the Mediterranean are covered in snow, except Iran. Ooh. So the head of Iran's uh, meteorological service, I'm I'm so sorry if I uh, uh, mispronounce this, Ahad uh, Vizavi, struck a skeptical note, according to the article. A skeptical note? <laughs> yes, uh, I like that phrase. That's why I use it. Was, was he wearing a, a spacesuit? No. Uh, he said that uh, General Jalali uh, probably has documents of which I am not aware, but on the basis of meteorological knowledge, it is not possible for a country to steal snow or clouds. Aww. We have suffered prolonged drought, <laughs> and this is a global trend that does not only apply to Iran. So he tried to be nice about it, though, and say, well, maybe, but... he may Raising such questions not only does not solve any of our problems, but will deter us from finding the right solutions. Which is, we need a magnet that can pull clouds <laughs> yeah. from Israel to Iran, so it will snow on our mountains. And there's a lot of other stuff here, too, but uh, it, it's the, it basically ends on the Iranian leader also accused Western states of creating the HIV virus to weaken the developing world and create a market for pharmaceuticals. And that's totally why we have so much, had so much of it, or have oh, so yeah. much of it in the U.S., you were, because you, we created it you for the right, rest Chris, of the world. Um, Ahmadinejad, in 2011, accused Western countries of devising plans to cause drought in Iran, adding that, quote, European countries use special equipment to force clouds to dump their waters on their continent. <laughs> okay, our waters. Th- that's that's the what tears of Iranian children will rain down upon you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he later yeah. said in a 2012 speech that their growing drought was partly unintentional due to industry and partly intentional as a result of the enemy destroying the clouds moving toward our country nice. oh so okay <laughs> so we're we were we were, we're making more cow farts uh to cause global warming specifically to harm that's how we pay farmer uh, ranchers to stipend yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they can cows specifically to to affect rain in iran okay of course I forgot to mention uh, the the device that they were trying to to sell this guy um, and the rice had situation. magical properties it was, yeah, to it. Quote a rare piece of copper plate struck by a thunderbolt, which had given it the power <laughs> to pull rice towards it. 
It was blessed oh, by Thor so, himself. <laughs> so it may have been at that point that Narendra, the businessman, was like, I don't know, guys, I'm going to check into this. He was, uh, he was generous <laughs> to anyway. them before then. He was willing to believe. Okay, you have some weird spacesuits. You're not from NASA. I get it, I get it. I don't know. Can we <laughs> But can what we if this works? This? Bring me some <laughs> copper and a lightning bolt. Like, I, <laughs> I want to figure out how... <laughs> we can mass produce these uh, things. Rare copper. That's awesome. You know different than normal copper. Rare. <laughs> That's what they had to tell him whenever he asked for Everything the copper. about that. Oh, this is, is rare copper. This is actually. rare copper. Sorry, you can't just find this anywhere. It's more expensive <laughs> that way, man. highest of peaks. I don't know where copper develops. I, I know nothing about copper uh, other than... Yeah. Not on top of Iran's mountains, that's for sure. Nothing up there. Anyway, <laughs> Grady, how, All right, enjoy uh, your segue. My segue. That was a wonderful one. Um, My event uh, is <laughs> Justice Anthony Kennedy retiring from the Supreme Court. So he announced his retirement. So that means that President Trump gets to nominate somebody to replace him. And all the Democrats are upset. They're like, no way. Uh, What terrible timing. Right. I'm not even a Democrat and I'm upset. So they're upset with Kennedy, right? Yeah, they're They're upset upset with him for retiring. They're upset with just fate for this happening. The Um, thing is, he's a swing vote, so it's probably not the... Yeah, he's he's a center, right? He's been known for that. I mean, he's... So it's not... Yeah. But, I mean, it's going from a swing vote to a... Definite conservative. So, definite conservative. I was reading an article that was all like, or like all the ways uh, that Democrats can like obstruct this, oh, because good. you know, if you recall, like during the later years of the Obama administration, when Antonin Scalia died, the Republicans, you know, obstructed that uh, when he tried to fill it with Merrick Garland, uh, right, and just denied it to him yes, so that yes. once, if they won, the they could hearing uh, and then say no. <laughs> Ridiculous. I said, at least hold the fucking hearing and then say no. Well, yeah, and not only that, but they promised that if Hillary Clinton won the election, that they were going to deny her that judicial seat the entire presidency. I'd forgotten about that. So we're we're just going to sit there. Yeah, there were going to be eight seats on the Supreme Court, and they just said, yeah, that would be fine. No problem. That's fine. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so this article was talking about it, and it was like, uh, well, you know, they could try to convince uh, a few Republican senators to vote with them. Uh, they could, you know, wait till they wait till they yeah, win power that. and then pack the court, uh, which is like that old uh, when FDR tried that in '37, <laughs> basically just appointing. So, what do you mean yeah, by pack? So, like the co- okay, his yeah. bill, and I guess they would do some version of this. Was like once justices hit 70 years old, they would have to retire within six months. If they didn't, the president got to appoint another or, justice. Oh, so you just end up with yeah. Like well, there's a limit on that bill. Was so up to a total of 15 judges. 15. And it's not like nine judges is <sighs> sacred. Insane. I mean, it's been different numbers in history, but yeah. people were like, well, that's too much power, you know. But anyway, they were mentioning that. But the one uh, little thing that jumped out to me was a tactic called quorum busting, where you just don't show up uh, instead of. So, you know, they have to have a certain number of people there to hold the vote. So they were like, yeah, I guess if the Democrats just mm-hmm. didn't show up and then like John McCain, he's kind of sick. So maybe he can't show up. Then, you know, they could I deny know. them a quorum. And uh, one of the examples they gave of that. They all meet at Subway across the street. Yeah, they're just, they're at the bar, just drinking. Um, but one of the examples they gave of this uh, quorum busting was uh, from a little known at the time state senator uh, from Illinois who was trying to save the state bank uh, from getting abolished. He was in the Whig party because this was back in 1840 and the Whigs were still a thing. And yeah, no one wears wigs to, anymore. Wigs are still a to, thing. Uh, to stop this vote from going through. Donald Trump's hair is real. It is real. It's just a scalp reduction surgery. 
I'm serious. Oh. It just reduced the size of his scalp. So How do you, all the hair and that's why he ended up raping his wife? Yes. Correct. Wow. I don't know Dark turn. how we got to that point, Dark turn. but sure. All right, what? but yeah, uh, back to the 1840s, which involved no cut. wife raping in this story. Why not? Uh, this state senator, uh, to avoid this vote, to get out, like the, the sergeant in arms wouldn't let him leave because he was like, no, fuck you, we're going to hold this vote, right? Uh, he jumped out a window. Self-defense. And this man was named Abraham Lincoln. Nice. Yeah, he was, uh, he was trying to avoid this vote, so he was like, fuck it, I'm out, jumped out the window. So was was this like a second floor or were so we still there's, on the first floor? Like the myths are that it was like a second floor cool from role? the Capitol building. Okay? That is not <laughs> that true. Seems, he would have died had say, he that done that. Dramatic. Uh because oh, yeah, it was just died. too high up. It was sure. the first floor of a local church, which is where they were holding it because the Capitol building was under construction. Ah. So he actually didn't even get hurt. He was a tall dude. He probably like just basically out stood up out of the window. I was about to ask that. So there are two ways I picture this happening. It's one, he just stands up without saying a word, completely stone-faced, <laughs> walks over to the window, opens it straight up, and then just steps out, and then turns around and closes it and walks away. <laughs> or, I picture him getting up, and then, what was it, he, his voice is described as what, like, whistly almost? Mm-hmm. Like, no! And then, like, runs at it, and then, like, tucks and jumps through it, glass flying everywhere, and then runs screaming into the woods. No! Those are the two ways I picture that. No! I imagined after that he like spreads his wings and he has a wingsuit on. And he's the king of Mars. How do you, flies away. How do you have. <laughs> and he's the how king do you of Mars. Fly away with a wingsuit when you're on the ground floor. He's Abraham No, no, Lincoln, not like man. a wingsuit like you know it. Like it's he's, got wings and he just flew away. Oh, like the the Falcon from the yeah. Marvel comics? Sure. Like Abraham Lincoln yeah, I mean, Haven't you wore. seen the Lincoln <laughs> Memorial? I mean, you know, the giant that. wings <laughs> on his back? <laughs> the giant. Yeah. Angel wings. Yeah, I always thought that was just like, you know, hero worship, but it is actually No, it's not embellishment at all. Yeah, no, that's no. that's that's historically accurate. No, they they covered in the movie back. Uh so yeah, he jumped movies. out a window. Uh the twist is it didn't work, like that bill still passed. So oh. they grabbed sucks. him and dragged him back and made him vote. Sucks to suck. <laughs> so so that is not a working self-administration. Yeah, so jump out the window to uh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't know if everybody did then self-administration. Yeah, going to replace not, all those not windows. A, uh, not a viable means of uh obstruction. There you go. Obstruction. Yeah. That's the one. So yeah, don't don't rely on that. I just thought it was hilarious cuz I never I never heard of that. And yeah, that's good. I had not either. I think that's everyone's news story, right? Yeah. yeah. Dunskies. All right, boys. Thank you everyone for listening to Another non-E3 related, thank God, episode of the Sagely Stage. The first, not another, the first. (laughs) Yeah, the first non-E3 related pod. It It is is also another. Uh, My name is Steven. I'm Josh. I'm Grady. And I'm Chris, the last. And we thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Have a good one.
Tits, tits, tits. How many tits? Four tits.